0: Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church where we are one church meeting in 5 different locations and our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at oursaviorschurch.com. We are taking a pause. We are pausing Elijah series to join in with all of our campuses as we begin a brief mini-series that we do once a year. We do a mini-series once a year, all of our campuses combined, called Legacy. And so I want to talk about what Legacy is. And as a reminder, if you've missed the messages from the life of Elijah and you want to catch up to where we were, we're going to put a QR code up here on the back. And what is a QR code? It's something if you take your phone and open up your camera and just put it on this, it will open up a link that takes you directly to our website and directly to the portion on our website that brings you to our messages so that you can listen to our messages or download them. And so um, if you've missed those messages, by all means, go back and download that. I wanna begin by defining what legacy is. A definition, a great definition of legacy is this. It's the future influenced by you but without you. The future influenced by you, but without you. Now, when I think of the life of a blessed man, a a blessed person, when I became a Christian, I was 16 years old. And I remember I was just happy I wasn't going to hell. Right, so I mean, I fell in love with God. I started reading the Bible. I was sitting sitting in my room and just read through the scriptures at 16 years old, learning about who God was. And I remember there was a psalm I don't remember how I came across it, but I kind of gravitated towards this psalm and I stuck with this psalm. I learned a lot from it and for many years, it's fed my soul. And it's one of those things that I read it as a young man, but the older I get, the more it's unraveled and the more I see the truth of it. It's been more applicable to me as an, an adult than it was as a young man. But it is the quintessential picture of a blessed life. And I want to read that psalm to you, but before I do, I want to to qualify it by saying this. What we're getting ready to read is simply the reflection of something else, and I'm going to come back to what that something else is at the end. But let's go to Psalms chapter 112 as we look at the life of a blessed person. This is what it says. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands, Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are righteous and compassionate, excuse me, those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Another translation says they don't fear bad news because they confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Verse eight, their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have scattered; they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. What an incredible picture of a blessed life. This is the life of someone who has the blessings and the favor of God who people look at and admire, and they think there's no other way to describe them, but blessed. Now, I want you to see just a few components, because there's so much there, and really this is a whole series, and I, I walked through men in our, our men's Bible study, 10 weeks on just this chapter. There's so much there, but I want to give you a brief overview of this. The life of a blessed man fears God. First and foremost, he fears God. The reason why he cannot fear bad news is what it says later, is because he fears God. And i said this many times in our church, but I love the scripture and I even I pray it over you when I leave, the angels of the Lord are encamped around those who do what? Who fear God. There's a blessing that comes with fearing God. Because the truth is you will have to fear something And if you don't fear God, you have to fear everything else. But if you fear God, you need not fear anything else. And so that's a component of the blessed life. They fear God, there's a generational blessing attached to their lives. Not only are their children blessed, but their children, I believe, are a blessing to their generation. That's a completely different mindset. Listen, when you become a parent, your whole mindset changes. When you were when you were single, you just walk around with your spouse. I love you, you're so cute. And then you have kids, and you lose that blessed gift from God called Sunday naps. Now you're cranky and mad at everybody all the time. But when you become a parent, your mindset changes. You you start seeing the world differently. You stop looking at the world for what you can get from it, but you start looking at the world and how you can prepare it for them. You start, all of a sudden things that didn't bother you before now bother you. Like why is that on TV? And you were just watching it a year ago. But you start looking at the world differently, why? Because you want to prepare the next generation Well, a legacy mindset takes that a step further. And they don't just think about preparing the world for their their child and uh, their child being blessed, but they think about how their child can be a blessing to the world. That's a legacy mindset. And there's a big point that I want to make, and again, there's so much there, but there's a connection between the generosity of a blessed person, the righteousness of a blessed person and their legacy. A person who lives in le- leaves a legacy is a generous person and a righteous and just person. Those are the people who leave legacies. Verse 5 in that same chapter, I'm going back to it, says this. It says, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken, for they will be remembered forever. You know, I, there's, I've heard people say this, and I've even heard music out there that says, I don't want to leave a legacy, and that sounds real humble and spiritual. Here's the problem. It's not biblical. We're supposed to leave a legacy. That is part of the stamp of God's blessing on our life is that we do leave a legacy. Now, the difference is the legacy is not about us. The legacy is about glorifying him. But if you live a life that is blessed, that is righteous and generous and compassionate, you leave a God-honoring legacy. And that is what we want. I want to leave a legacy. Verse 9 says this, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. Do you see the partnership, generosity and legacy, righteousness and justice and legacy? Those two things combined help us leave a legacy. What is it saying about the Psalms 112 man? It's it's saying this, that his generosity outlives him. And it's also saying that he lives in such a way that outlives him. His righteous life goes far beyond himself. His generosity goes far beyond himself. And we live in such a consumeristic society. We really do, and I've said this before. Our our goals, if you will, as a society is get what you can, can what you get, and sit on the can. Get, 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 keep, 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 mind, mind, what can I, 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 but that is not the life of a blessed person. The blessed life gives. Yes. If you want to know if someone really is blessed, look at someone who's sowing into others, who's lending freely, who's given to those in need. That is a blessed life. Yes. Our goal is not to live on earth forever. I hope you know that. You can get all the Botox you want you are not going to live forever. You can go to the gym nine days a week, you are not going to live forever. But our goal is to leave something that lasts far beyond us, far beyond us. This is the type of life that I want to live. Based on this scripture, this is what I personally, your pastor, this is how I want to live. A blessed life. I want to have a good name. When people think about my name, I want them to think about righteousness and justice and compassion and generosity. I want to live a life that triumphs over my enemies. I want to live a life that, again, as I just said before, is generous. I want to live a life that is fearless, devoid of fear from everything else except for the fear of God. I want my children to be blessed and I want my children to be a blessing. You know, one day, one day when I go into eternity and my family goes into eternity, what I hope is said of our region is that we're better because the Smith family was here. That's a legacy. I want that for my life. I want that for my family. I want that for our church. They say that the mark of a church is impact is if the doors close, whether or not you notice they were even there. And I can proudly say of our church, we've made a difference. Yes. We've made an impact. Yes. But like I mentioned last week in our Life of Elijah series, our church will be around in 40 years. What will it look like then? Yeah. A lot of that de- depends on how we live life now, the decisions we make right now. Will we be, will we be the type of people who sets the future generation up for success? Will we live a legacy? I want this for myself, I want this for my family, I want this for our church, and I want this for each and every one of you individually. This is what I want for us. I want you to be intentional about being generous. As a church, yes, but as an individual, I want you to live a life, can I just be blunt? Don't be stingy. Stop only thinking about yourself. Think about the needs of other people. I want you to live a life that's intentionally generous. I want you to live a life that's intentionally serving others. If you wanna know how to stop, there are certain people who just are constantly depressed and they're constantly thinking about themselves. And I'm not saying if you struggle with depression, we've talked about that in, our, in the Life of Elijah series. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Amen. Right? So, but there are certain people who are on a perpetual cycle of me, 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 me. And if you notice, when you're only thinking about you, you get more and more down in the dumps. How do you break that? You serve others you put your attention on the needs of those around you. And in doing so, you actually get to take a step back and realize just how blessed you actually are. That's legacy thinking. See, legacy mindset. I want you to be intentional about letting other people know you're a Christ follower. Not just hoping that one day they ask you the right question making it known I follow Jesus. Not just I have an OSC t-shirt, but one who follows Jesus. One who follows Jesus. Be known for righteousness, be known as a person of justice. Now, I'm saying all of that, I wanna go back to what I said in the beginning. That the Psalms 112 life is really just a reflection This is what it is. It's a reflection of the psalm that's right before them. Because in Psalms 112, it talks about the life of a blessed man. But in Psalms 111, it describes who God is. And I want you to see the parallel between the description of who God is and the description of the life of a blessed man. Psalms 111, this is what it says. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and his majesty. His righteousness never fails. Sounds familiar? As a matter of fact, the reason why our righteous deeds can leave a legacy and l- outlive us is because we're, all we're really doing is partnering with the righteousness of God that never ends. So Verse four, he causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him, he always remembers his covenant. God generously provides for his children. God blesses his kids. Verse six, he has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. He's still providing for us. Verse seven, all he does is just and good. Sounds like justice and righteousness to me. And all his commandments are trustworthy. If we want a good name, follow the example of our God. They. They are, excuse me, verse eight. They are forever true, his words, his commandments. To be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commands will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. Pastor, what are you saying? If you want to live a blessed life, reflect your blessed God. If you want to be blessed, I've said this many times, if you want God's blessings, you have to do it God's way. So the life of a blessed person is simply someone who says, if that's who God is, that's how I want to be. If God is righteous and just, that's how I'm going to be. If God is a God of generosity and compassion and graciousness, that's who I want to be. Reflecting his blessings, that's a blessed life. G. Campbell Morgan said it this way. He said, a man becomes like his God. A man becomes like his God. Now the opposite of that is true as well. If money is your God, it shows. If lust is your God, it shows. If pride and self-image is your God, it shows. Why? Because we become like what we worship. Whatever you worship, that you will reflect. That you will become like. We serve a great God. Now, I mentioned in the, in the very beginning the definition of a legacy. Legacy. A legacy is the future influenced by you, but without you. I'm gonna show you a video in just a moment. And that video is actually a remake of a video that some of you in this very room watched almost 20 years ago. And I want you to pay attention to this video because it's the example of what leaving a legacy actually looks like. If you will, turn your attention to the screen. What you doing, Papa Winston? I thought it would be a great day to plant a tree. I suppose so. Well, what kind of tree is it, Papa Winston? Lauren, it's an apple tree. Do you like apples? Oh, I love apples. Those are my favorite. I thought so. How much longer will it be until we can eat these apples, Papa Winston? Well, Lauren, it could be about 20 years. Oh, 20 years? Papa Winston. I was thinking, and I don't think he'll be able to have one of these apples. It's okay, Lauren. I didn't plan this tree for me. definition of a legacy is the future influenced by you but without you so i want to make an ask of you as your pastor and this is something we do once a year i'm going to ask you on november 6th to pray about bringing your best gift and i want us to sow seed into a future legacy now, on your way out today, you're gonna to receive a card. On the back it says legacy. On the front, it's gonna ask you for a one-time gift or for a commitment to make. I want you and your family to pray about what's the God, what would you have us to give? This is above your ties, your normal ties. This is a gift to sow into legacy. And I'm gonna to explain to you in a moment the things that we're giving towards. But on your way out, you're gonna receive this card. And we would, we're going to have a, a one-time gift, but you also can make that commitment And we ask that all of those gifts come in before March 1st. On the back, you'll see this side, this section, and to simply ask you to write down your greatest need so that we can pray together as a church. And let me be abundantly clear. We're not saying you're giving so that you can get that. That's not how this works. <laughs> what we are saying is we want to pray for you we want to pray with you about your greatest need as you bring your greatest gift. Now, let me explain to you just what we're asking you to give towards this year for legacy. I want to start with what we're doing here locally at our church, here at the Bruce R campus. I'm asking you to give towards the continued renovation of the Bruce R campus so that we continue beautifying and making this church a place that your kids can be married in one day continuing to make our grounds beautiful. So I want you to give towards that. And you may say, well, well Pastor, tell me more about that. And here's the thing. 20 years ago, a group of people just like you sat in the room and watched the first rendition of that video to give towards the building that you're in right now. And when we had one church, they gave. And now all that our Savior's church is came on the backs of those who sacrificed and gave so that we can have this place and in turn planted the next four campuses that came out of here. So with that, I want us to continue to make this place beautiful so that more works can be planted and more people can come and feel comfortable being in God's house, not walk around and go, why is that like that? Why is that like that? I want to continue to beautify what God has entrusted to us. The second thing that I want you to give towards at the Bruce R. campus is our Hope Center in St. Martinville. And we've made that a part of our last few legacies that we've had. I want to give you an update on what's been happening at the Hope Center under the leadership of James and Candy Bertrand. These are some of the things that's taken place in the last year alone. We finished the renovations and the furnishing of the Hope Center. We did an Easter egg hunt free of charge for the community of St. Martinville at Magnolia Park. Absolutely free kids and people from all over the region actually came to this Easter egg hunt free of charge. We we blessed them there. We've done a citywide litter cleanup free of charge to the community. Candy actually went to the city council and asked them for permission to gather a group of people and to go into the community and beautify the city by painting the sidewalks and, and just serving and blessing the community to make the community of St. Martinville have something even more so to be proud of. That's happened through the Hope Center this year. We've hosted Supper on the Square with the local government in partnership with the leaders of the community where we got to share with them the vision of the Hope Center and what we believe God wants to do through us in the community of St. Martinville. We did a toy giveaway last year in partnership with Corey Babineau and others who just brought gifts and bikes to bless kids for Christmas who couldn't afford presents and gifts. All of that happened through the Hope Center. We were able to fund through your generous giving to the Hope Center, a privacy fence that we also went and built for the early learning center in St. Martinville because there was gun violence happening in the fields behind the school. So the kids are there in the community. They're there at the school running around playing and just beyond them in the fields behind them were gunshots. So we decided to build a a privacy fence free of charge to the school to be a blessing to them. You did that as a church. The Hope Center did that. Come on, that's something to be excited about. In partnership with Candy, our youth pastor, Damar Hodge, goes to St. Martinville Middle School once a week and leads a Bible club in the public school system with upwards of 125 kids a week. That's what's happening there. We host through, in partnership with Marty and Sherry Terrio, a ministry called Embrace Grace. And Embrace Grace is a ministry for unwed moms who are pregnant so that they don't have to walk alone. And they get someone to walk with them and help them and counsel them and comfort them as they're walking through the process of becoming a brand new mom. At the end of each semester, we host a a baby shower free of charge to them through the generous donors of others, including the Hope Center. We host it at the Hope Center and we shower those moms with gifts to bless them as they become brand new moms. We partner with CASA to host their annual volunteer dinner. And not to mention the various RTF sessions, the Bible studies for both men and women that happen in the Hope Center. All of these things are happening because you sacrificially gave to the Hope Center. And we have plans in the future. We're developing plans to develop a mentorship program where we can help high schoolers and kids who are aging out of the foster care system to prepare them with life skills for life. That's what's been happening there. Let me tell you about what's happening that we're giving towards all of our church, all of our campuses. This is what we're giving towards. I mentioned the foster care system. That's one of the highlights, it's one of the main things that we're giving towards this year for Legacy. Pastor Jacob, in in connection with two other pastors in our state, two leading pastors in our state, received a phone call. One of them received a phone call from the governor's wife and she called and asked, will the church help us with the foster care system because it's overrun? Amen. And I don't know if you've heard this or not, but many of you have been around here for years have because you've already taken up arms and become a part of this charge. But if, one, if just one church, excuse me, if every church in the state of Louisiana fostered just one child, we could eliminate the foster care problem. I don't know if you knew that or not. And our church has been on the forefront of that for years. Our campus alone has people who fostered well over 20 kids. I think of Coach Andy and Joan Lazane, who've probably fostered 40 kids. That's going to be a part of our legacy. Connecting with other churches in the community to see what we can do. We're developing plans right now to see how, as a church, how the church in the state of Louisiana can help with this foster care. Problem. that's one of the things we're giving towards the other thing that we're giving towards is the retreat at sunset and some of you know what that is some of you don't let me explain what it is Retreat at Sunset is a ministry that we birth to help people who are coming out of Teen Challenge, which is a drug addiction program, really a discipleship program that helps people for 10 months of their life get free from drug addiction. If they do well at Teen Challenge, we open up the Retreat at Sunset to help them get acclimated back into life. We take people who have a call of God for ministry or those who have a call of God in the business world to come and have a safe place free of charge for them to find a job. A safe place to live. Food provided for them. We help them find jobs and learn what it is to get back on their feet and become an active part of society again. This is what we do. If you don't think that there's a problem, an epidemic with drugs. Let me explain it like this. And I think it was about a three-month period our church did 10 overdose funerals. 10. All from one drug, fentanyl. It's, a, it's an epidemic. We hired Michael and Victoria Hankins and they run the retreat at Sunset as well as counseling and helping others who are dealing with drug addictions. And last year alone, they helped over 200 families who are struggling with addiction. Over 200. Last year for Legacy, we had you giving towards the, 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 we wanted to send people to Teen Challenge free of charge to them. Last year alone, we sent 52 people to Teen Challenge or other addiction programs. 52, free of charge. So that's what we're doing. As a matter of fact, I want to read a story of someone who's gone through our Retreat at Sunset program. I want you to hear their story. Story of a man named Jacob. Jacob entered the Adult and Teen Challenge program in an awful condition. The staff at the facility defined Jacob as one of the worst cases they had ever seen. Adult and Teen Challenge program is is a program that handles some of the worst cases of addiction. Jacob was one of those. The belief was that he may never recover. His two boys were in foster care, desperately wanting to be with them. God healed him in Teen Challenge, but he had no idea how he was going to find a job, pay off his fines and debts, find a place to live, and meet the exhaustive list of requirements of the courts to get his kids back. That's when Jacob found and entered the retreat at sunset. He had thousands of dollars in court fines and fees, medical bills, debt, child support, and a laundry list of classes and requirements that the court assigned for him to complete within the next few months. He quickly got a job at a local RV repair shop and devoted practically all of his free time to meeting the requirements of the courts, getting his kids back, and serving in the local church. In just a few short months and by the grace of God, he took driver's ed and got his driver's license for the first time. Took the test and got his high school diploma, devoted 100% of his finances to tithing and paying off debt and day by day began the process of trying to get his kids back. Without warning, his children's situation worsened. Child Protective Services had to do an emergency transfer and they were moved yet again. They had been in foster care for nearly two years. Jacob had only been at the retreat for a few months, but now his children were in limbo. Jacob had a week to find a home, a car, and to furnish me—and furnish it to receive his children. Because of God's incredible provision and the generosity and service of his church, he was able to get a home, a car, and everything he needed to make a home for his kids. It's difficult to communicate how incredible the move in day was. The boys were so grateful and proud of, this new, of their new rooms, their beds, their toys, and their backyard. After years of inconsistency, they now have a home that they can call their own, a school that they can build relationships in, and a church to grow and mature in. That's what you gave to us. As a matter of fact, I want to show you a picture of Jacob and his kids right in front of our Opelousas campus where he attends. The third thing that we're giving towards, yeah, they're cute. <laughs> the, third things that, the third thing, excuse me, that we're giving towards is something I'm excited to tell you about. I know that many of you have been, driving in the back and you've seen us demolishing those old buildings that have been there since prehistoric days. We've been tearing those buildings down in preparation for some great things that are going to come there in the future. I'm going to tell you more about that, but you're going to see that and you're going to see us renovating more of the buildings back there in preparation for the relaunch of our Savior's College and internship. Yeah. I went through that internship 16, 17 years ago. I lived in those dorms back there 16, 17 years ago. And we're going to relaunch OS College so that we have a place for your kids if they have a call of God on their life to go to, to be developed for ministry. So we no longer have to send our best and our brightest some other internship at some other church we can develop them right here Dr. Scott Adams is going to lead the charge of that and along with our very own Pastor Josh Messa who's going to help lead the charge with developing this internship that will be launching very soon so I'm excited about that and then lastly you're going to hear you're going to get to hear from our senior pastor on November 6th the day that you bring your gifts And he's going to share more of the details about this last one that I'm going to share. Our Savior's Church began right here. And God has blessed us. We have five campuses. But come Easter of 2023, we're going to have a sixth campus. Yeah. It's been a hard. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but when you walk out, I want you to look at that tree. right there we built our church around that tree on purpose that tree for us represents something coming out of the ground with limbs and branches that go all over the place and that's our heart to plant churches and campuses all over our community and all over the world that's our heart so you're going to hear more of the details of that from Pastor Jacob on November 6th so on your way out you're going to receive this card. Our ushers are going to be standing in the back. I want you to take it home. And I want you to pray about what God would have you give. What God, I want you to bring your best gift on November 6th. And if you can only make your commitment, make your commitment. But just know we're asking that all commitments be in by March 1st of that following year. Our goal is a daunting goal, but it's one that I've seen God do before and I believe he'll do again. Our goal is to raise $1 million dollars all of our campuses combined to raise $1 million so that we can meet all of the needs that we just talked about as well as some of the other local campuses who have sincere desires that they want to do in their communities and in the globe. I know some of our campuses are going to be giving towards missions work in China and in Africa. So there's a lot that we're going to be sowing into. But that's our goal. That's our heart. So on the way out, take that Pray about it with your family and ask God what he would have you to give. I'm gonna close in prayer with this. A legacy is the future influenced by you, but without you. Stand to your feet. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for another opportunity to reflect you a blessed God by being a blessed people God I pray that we're able to meet all of the needs that have arisen I pray God that we're able to sow into foster care that we're able to sow into those struggling with addiction and getting their lives acclimated we're able to continue God to see you move at the Hope Center and what you're doing in the community of St. Martinville God all of the things that or before us, I pray that we can take it seriously and we can leave a legacy.